What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Tess. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. Y'all, this week's episode is actually the real definition of sisters who kill. Our players this week are Rhea, born in 1875, and Sakina, born around 1885. And they are this week's murderesses. So for this episode, we are going all the way to Egypt. Rhea and Sakina were born in El Aban, Egypt, and they grew up poor. They didn't actually get a lot of love and affection from their parents. Um, Their father pretty much wasn't on the scene from the very beginning and their mom was known as an egocentric woman that was unable to love so basically she was a narcissist right like they had an older brother and it was very hard for their older brother to actually find work so the women actually had to go out and find work and the way that they found work he was described (laughs) he was described as a 'er ne'er-do-well but i don't exactly know what that means what does that mean a what a 'er ne'er-do-well I don't know what that means. Okay, (laughs) great. So um, because of that, I guess, the older brother could not find work. So the girls had to go out and find work. And while the mom was finding money, she was doing it, you know, by robbing and hitting licks at the Mm -hmm. time. And what she would do is have Raya and Sakina help her go and hit licks. So Raya and Sakina from a young age were... It's kind of what you see in the movies where the kids kind of are looking cute and they need something. I can just imagine both of them looking adorable and helpless and boom, their mom comes up behind and steals the wallet or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm making that story up. but So these girls knew how to finesse from a very young age. And as they got older, their mom continued to encourage them to get into a life of crime. Now, it was rumored that before they were old enough before they were old enough their mom was kind of like pimping the girls out um there's a play there's a comedy play about their story and we'll get into it later but that suggest that place kind of suggests that maybe like sold them off to to marriage like really was putting the girls in a sex ring in a very early age and they were trying to survive the entire family was just trying to survive and the sisters worked on and off they were sometimes working in cafes they were sometimes working on the street and Sakina was known for selling her body for food. I mean, like it's like a joke. Like it's a place you gotta be to be selling your body for food, you know? Yeah. And then probably at a young age it probably wasn't even just food for her. She probably had to look out for her brother and sister. She's trying to get food for everybody. And this is the only way that you have been taught to do it. So as they grow older, their life of crime never really ceased. Now, I heard they got some jobs as some clerks or whatever, but the money wasn't the same. I'm sure. Like, even waitressing is, like, usually good tips or whatever, but it's the money's not the same. So, right before World War One, Sakina visits Raya in the hospital. Raya had an STD that she probably got prostituting for food, and Sakina came, you know, to keep her sister company and look after her. While at the hospital, she met. Her future husband. Now, this is future husband number two. (laughs) But there was another one in there somewhere. But this play that I know, you guys, it's a whole musical. Well, it's a play with music. We'll get into it. But (laughs) it kind of made the suggestion that the first husband 
she was kind of sold off to him mm. and he was older because they don't like, mention much of them they're just that, like and then her second husband right and in this play and a lot of the facts in the play are not right and you know it's a comedy so a lot of things are exaggerated but in this play it kind of suggested that she was 16 and he was 70 that's how the scene goes it, and yeah. so you know probably died so yeah Zakina falls in Sakina falls in love, and her and her mans, they move to Upper Egypt. If you're close to the Nile, you're important, right? It's like probably good good um, real estate. They move to Alexandria, and the thing about Alexandria is it's this rich city if you're in that central area, but the outskirts are impoverished, and, like, the water by the Nile is not clean. It's just, mm. you know what I mean? It's just a bad area to be in kind of like most major cities yeah like you can look in and like these people are living Mm -hmm. and then right outside of it like buckhead is so nice just for you to go 15 minutes down the road and it's homeless people everywhere yep uh so raya followed them and she also raya once she got out the hospital she followed her sister and her new husband to alexandria and there she met her new husband a man named hasbala and both husbands ended up having to go off to war because World War One broke out. And they were, what, what happened was Egypt was currently under British rule. The Brits went off to war. And of course, they're going to make all the Egyptian men go and fight their battles because European men are pussies. So the women were left at home to fend for themselves. And what did that mean? Well, at first, they were doing textile work, like cotton, but the cotton industry went down because everybody was off of war. So what did they have to do? They had to get into sex work. Old faithful sex work. And, you know, that's interesting because, you know, over here in America, when our men went off to war, we were able to rely on building up industrial cities, and the women just took over many I mean, we jobs. played baseball. We ran companies I was like we're gonna be some niggas now (laughs) but the niggas came back and took over everything yeah but I just I think it's very interesting like the different resources you have available because every place can't be industrialized you know you have to have the right resources there to do it and I wonder if that played a part onto why they didn't have as many options I'm sure because they're impoverished and under British rule so they're only now they have to rely on the British to give those tools which they're not even if they had them beforehand so Sakina divorced her husband because he was always gone and I guess she ain't like that (laughs) she got married for the third time and together with her sister in tow they opened up a brothel having us a good time they had Sugar Avery up in there dancing at the juke joint. They had everybody. So they said she, you could come and drink and have some ha- hashish, hashish, hashish. Which is, is that weed? I think it's weed. Because they were um, one of her husbands was transporting it. Okay. So I'm trapping. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They was trapping out the bando for real. <laughs> uh-huh. They were just rumored to have prostitutes at this brothel whenever the twins were confronted they was like in my spot oh no because they were like men are coming in and out but here's the thing prostitution was legal at the time uh-huh but they had it on the down low because you know taxes. it's just still f- and it's still frowned upon you right know? it's still frowned upon and you know 
I'm sure taxes. I, it, none of our resources say taxes, but as soon as I saw that, I was like, taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because it's still frowned upon, and, you know, you just don't. People are going to be like, Ugh, they're running a sex ring. You need to shut it down or whatever. Right. But they were it's paying not... off the police, mm-hmm. and they also had strong men or, like, bodyguards. And I don't know if these people were their husbands or extra men. No, so the strong men were extra. They were basically the gangsters on the street they was the bodies they was the muscle right and so they were just like if you were running something outside and you needed the local gang to back you up you would give them a little bit of money to make sure that they make sure everything is copacetic around you here know what I'm and so it was like anybody look like they trying to tell on us handle that but here's the thing y'all they were renting out a lot of homes to have the brothel but here's the thing the main one was Right next to the police station. Which I don't understand. How is that ever a good location for you? Like, right, and, like, not just, like, the Arabic police station. Like, the Brit, the, the Brits are there, too. You know, the soldiers are there. They bold. Yeah. I thought that was wild. So everything was going good for the sisters for a little while. But in March of 1919, there was, like, a call for independence from the British rule because... Americans that are listening to this, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, right? Um, (laughs) So when that happened, the Brits started putting a curfew on the city. Put a curfew on the city, brothel goes down, no one can get money. So now they're back to stealing food and money. They're back to stealing for food. What Aladdin say? Gotta still to eat, gotta eat to live? Yeah. Basically. Gotta get it. Yeah. And so Ray and her husband were arrested for stealing. They were incarcerated for about six months. And when they got out, they were like, okay, Reyes Kina husbands were like, all right, we got to find a better way. We got to get some money. We got to get it quick. You know, these girls we got coming in and out of here, we need to profit more off of them. Okay, so here's where the story gets kind of twisted for me, right? Um... Y'all know it's very hard for us when we go back in time because stories change depending on who tell it. Um, So at this part, it gets kind of tricky. So they were running the brothel, and I heard one person tell it to where they said, you know, they had it set up with the pros. It's, okay, you're going to work this man. You're going to give us half of what you make, and you can keep the other half. And, you know, when things were good and the British soldiers were there, that was good because— British soldiers buying them up. Right. But when the troops left, that's when the things went down. And, so, and the curfew. And the curfew, right. So what this meant was they said the girls, the, the sisters, would not accept less than half a street value. You know what I'm saying? So I guess, like, if a blowjob is $50, you owe me 25 And if he only gave you 30 you still owe me 25 You know what I mean? Mm. So the girl, So they didn't, <laughs> they didn't take in inflation and deflation no (laughs) no 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 no, the dollar was not worth the same (laughs) but they did not care you owed me half of what the street value is and if this is what it's supposed to be i can't help that you even get your money worth that's your problem not mine so a blowjob for ten dollars i know you just made up those numbers but lord i said 50 i know but if you Do it for thirty and got to give them twenty five. Oh Lord, a blowjob for, for five dollars yeah, for five. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, tough. So back in Egypt, they didn't, and in, in this time period, they did not 
carry cash or money they they would just turn their money into gold and wear it on them you right know, as opposed to keeping it in a bank and so because there's so much value in gold and gold is not going it gold's always going to increase you know in value I mean? so <clears throat> when things were good the girls you know they had lots of jewelry lots of, they were adorned in it you know because they was making money while the troops was there mm-hmm. and things slowed down and the sisters are like we still got a lot of jewelry on you, but my pockets ain't looking how they're supposed to be looking. So I'm feeling a little cheated in this situation, and it's looking like you owe me something. Here's my thing that I've been thinking while we've been researching this case, and I'm glad that you said it the way that you said it, because if I got this gold necklace back when things were good, mm-hmm. and right now I'm giving $5 blowjobs... <laughs> This is my savings, not what I owe you. You, you know, took it off and left it at the house. Then, but, you're walking around like but, a rich bitch. You better no, pay me some but rich they money. Said, no, but they said that having your, the jewelry on—that's what made people want you. That's what made soldiers and clientele want you. Because if you are adorned, that means that you're good at your job, mm-hmm. and he gonna want somebody that's gonna give a good five dollar mm-hmm. blowjob. You know. I guess she said that wasn't really our problem. <sighs> that story goes. That when the girls wasn't paying up, you know, the sisters would come and say, let's have a little chat, have a drink, let's do some drugs. You owed me money. And if you ain't want to pay up, I'm going to take it. So they had the strong man hold the girls down. Mm-hmm. One sister held the head and another sister got a rag and put it over their face and smothered them to death. Then got all the jewelry and divided it amongst the four of them and went about their day. They said that the girls got so excited, they was like, damn, this shit was easy fucking money. Mm-hmm. They said, I think we're going to roll with it. So that's just one story. Because the other way they tell it was that they weren't killing the pros. They were killing the rich women in town. No, they was killing the pros. Because some of them were their friends, apparently, allegedly. Yeah, but they were saying, like, I think, I think three different sources I looked at were saying they learned how to scout out the rich women. And so maybe it was a combination maybe of Maybe it was, like... Maybe it started rich off like women. That. Maybe the term "rich women" just means people that had a lot of jewelry. Well, what they're you know they're right on the outskirts of Alexandria, so you just got to go into town to see the rich people. I mean, but only a few were actually reported missing, which which tells us that a lot of the women weren't really. No, I think a lot of them were reported missing. There were newspaper articles saying, why doesn't Egypt care about their people? Why are the police letting this many women go missing before they're doing any investigation? There was like this poor Egyptian country can't handle their shit. And girls are just disappearing. They was killing them. They was trashing Egypt. They was trampling through. We haven't even told about what happened. So they saw that they had the money. They would kill them. I mean, they would kill them. They were either killing the pros, the rich women in town, maybe a combination of both. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the process was still the same. Lure them back to the house, drug them up, either on coke, alcohol, heroin, and then suffocate them. So then you're left with the trouble of what to do with the body, right? So one day on McCoy Street in Alexandria, Egypt, a house kind of close to the police station there was a empty empty house 
that they were trying to get prepared for uh, rental, or it was the neighbor's house, something, something was going on. But there was a guy installing plumbing. Now, I don't know why they chose this guy to install the plumbing, because he was damn near blind, if not blind. Why you got somebody that can't see working on the house? I don't understand. Working on the crib. Like, I could, no, you can't see. Yeah. You are a liability. So, I I heard, you know, the house used to be a brothel, and they, you know, had to go to police and get these people kicked out of the house, and it's finally empty. It's been empty for two weeks. They've got to get some money. Right. So, they're like, let's fix this plumbing. Let's get it rented. So, the blind man is out there digging in the ground, and his shovel hits something. So, it's like, what could that be? Don't got good eyes, so he's got to feel his way through it. Yep. So, he's... Digging his hands in the ground, trying to figure out, and all of a sudden he touches something. An odor comes out, and he's feeling, and finally he realizes that he's touching a dead arm. The man goes to the cops, and he's like, "This body here." They dig it up, and not just one. They find what fourteen bodies in this hole. Just at this house. Just at this house. So. What do they do? They're like, we, we've got to, you know, there was, there was reports of men and women missing, but missing is one thing. What, here's, I know what you all are thinking. What about that smell? So here's the thing. Before they left that house and all of their houses, you would, the chimneys would be smoking because they would be burning so many incense trying to mask the smells of these homes. And people would ask, why you got so many incense burning? Like, it... Whew. <laughs> I like it. It helps me relax. It's smoky. They're like, oh, you know, people are in here drinking and smoking, and it just purifies the air, y'all. I just imagine, do you remember Pose when Electra killed that man? <laughs> are you about to spoil this for me? Because I haven't seen a third season. This is season one. Okay. When she's sitting in the uh, in the closet, she killed that man. He's wrapped up, and she's got a whole bunch of air fresheners in the <laughs> <laughs> sitting there because she killed that person they're decomposing those that smell i haven't smelled a dead body i've smelled like a decomposing like rat which was very nasty but that's probably as far as my um decomposing smells have gone yeah um but it's it's foul i'm sure People say they can't. <laughs> Y'all, Mariah is over here imagining the smell. She's got, she's got her shirt over her nose as if she can smell it right now. No, it's because my <laughs> nose is running. <laughs> my nose is running. I thought you could smell it. You look like you can smell it right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, is it coming back to you, friend? <laughs> um, you know, I just finished that performance, and I had to sing Strange Fruit every night. And in that song, and burning flesh. Each time I used to be like, oh. <laughs> like, I knew, I knew, Billy, what you were, I mean, Ella, I knew what you were, what you were feeling. And Nina, yeah, you killed that shit, too. Show did. You know, the police, they were getting the report. So they have to actually go in and investigate. So they, first thing they do is look who lived in the house last. And the house was last under the name. Of Sakina. Mm-hmm. 
or under Sakina's name. So the police are trying to figure out who these women are. There are so many bodies and they're coming up extremely quickly. Um, remember, the police station is right in front of their home. So police are in and out of this home. Now, some of the bodies were disfigured. And some of them, one body could only be recognized because of a long black strip of hair and just a couple of pieces of tattered fabric. One person was identified because there was a sock. And so the family was able to like identify who the sock belonged to. And remember, like Tazzy said, women have been going missing and have been reported missing all over Alexandria at this point. So the police are like, okay. All these women are, are been going missing. Let's talk to these families. And a lot of people were starting, eyewitnesses were like, oh, yeah, this woman that went missing so-and-so ago, I did see them at the market talking to Sakina. I did see them at the market talking to Raya. Finally, bodies are being, names are being given to bodies. Some of them. A lot of them were still unclaimed. So from November, so from November, from November 1919 to November 1920. So this little reign of terror was literally a year of them just really Some going crazy. Say maybe two, but like not a lot of time. Not a lot of time. So that is pretty much the timeline that they were killing. So they go to question Sakina and Raya as always. They question Raya and once again, they're getting that small, that really strong stench at the house that they're at. Mm-hmm. They remember that everywhere they go, they be getting that strong incense stench. And they're like, okay, we about to search the house, all right? And they finally realized that if they dig under the tile that's on the floor, under the tiles, they ended up digging up 15 corpses and two skeletal remains where they came to visit in question. Imagine them coming to question you. You'd be yeah. like, ah. This is like, that floor tile look a little newer than the rest of them. Can let's I look get, right over there? And you're like. And then what? the fact that there's two skeletal remains means they've been there a while. They, they've had time to fully decompose. The fact that there's 15 corpses means that those are not fully decomposed. You know? <laughs> that means that they were really going. Ham. Crazy. And so they said this at some points. The woman would die wherever she laid. They would just dig around her. They wouldn't even like. They didn't care where they They didn't even pick her up and move her somewhere. They just dug around her until she was deep enough and put the soil on top or the the cement on back on top. And obviously not a good job. Okay, so Sakina and Raya, at first, they refused to say anything. But once these bodies kept popping up and they kept popping up and they kept popping up, the girls started to spill the beans. There were 17, there are reports to be between 17 to maybe about 50 women between the ages of 17 and 50 and it's crazy how they went through this whole year possibly two years year and a half ish basically smooth talking their way out of prison yeah smooth talk like really who me nah i ain't seen us no like they really and i think a lot of that has to do with them being women like this is this is 1920 which okay i'm ready okay let's get into the play real quick because y'all this play is a satirical approach to whatever the fuck happened it was written while they were on trial so a lot of this is opinion or exaggerated exaggerated truths but one of the things that it does it's satire so take that what you will it's also four hours so take with that what you will as well but in this piece they talk about 
all their scenes, Raya and Sakina's, they they were funny. And when the police were there, you could tell that they were just buzzing around his head and just da 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 da. But and so it was like, how could these women be so violent? Violent, and they they were they were like, oh, seduce him, da 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 da. Make sure you do. It. And it was just talking about how like, of course, women could get away with it because they just float around your head, and men are just so weak to them. <laughs> And um, even the police officer who was, like, super misogynistic found himself weak to um, Sakina and couldn't, couldn't uh, was resist that the her. the who came in the first time? That, like, yes. Like, after the people left the station, that was Sakina? Yeah, and he, he was like, what's your name, what's your name? And she's like, it begins with an S. And uh, then he go, comes to the house and he meets... But they even tell the story about the husband's totally different, which is not what we know in fact. But... It does give a lot of input on what the cultural view of women are at the time, which are they're flirtatious and they get what they want because they're promiscuous. And the reason that Ray and Sakina were able to do what they did is because they a work well together. But it was almost comical how they were able to float in and out of situations and talk the way around it or sing. It's a play with music so, or sing their way out of a situation. Um that finesse they had that finesse yeah which made the play very funny <laughs> yeah Mariah really enjoyed the play like i said this play was written during trial so they went to trial in the year 1921 um they originally blamed each other like when the police they got ray and sakina and they got the two strong men and it was everybody pointing the finger. She did it. No, she did it. He did it. Everybody, everybody blamed each other. The sisters blamed each other. It wasn't me. It was her. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the husbands. And one of the husbands. Right. So um, they go back and forth and they said uh, it wasn't until the police said we found all these bodies, you know, that Sakina, I believe, finally gave in. I think Rhea just stayed tight lipped the whole time. Mm-hmm. And Sakina was like, fine, we did it. All right. And confessed everything. Um, another thing that did not help was Raya's 10-year-old daughter, Badia. Is that her name or not? Yeah. Raya's 10-year-old daughter, Badia, testified against him. She said that she could see everything that was happening through a hole in the wall. She saw how they treated the client. She saw how they killed them and smothered them with a the rag every single time. She saw how they took the jury off and stole it. She saw everything. It- and she's 10 she's when 10. she's testifying. And then she So said, this was happening while she was 9, 8, 7, you know? She said that her parents threatened her, you know, if you talk about what you've seen, we're going to do it to you. So you better keep your mouth shut, you know? So it kind of feels like they're kind of following in their mother's footsteps, right, on how to care for children. Right. And Sakina, she actually testified at the trial. So I, I've got some of the court transcripts from this article unknown misinjury blogspot yeah it's a blog yeah it's a blog and they've just compiled a bunch of articles and these because the newspapers were writing about this it was a huge story like no way these women did this right um and so sakina sakina i guess was described as the more attractive sister she looks very well put together on the stand, and they say she kind of sits down. She she smooths out her clothes and pulls her hair back. And such a lady. Such a lady about it. They said she had this confident calm about her. And they said when she told the story, she did not flinch. She did not cringe. She just told it, you know, as if it were nothing. 
the monologue that the Sakina character does in the uh, play is pretty good. So she gets on the stand and she says, I myself have cut the throats of six women. My first victim was called Hanim. I learned, I leaned over Hanim as if to whisper in her ear. Soon after, death had passed, meaning she was she gone. Killed, yeah. She said, uh, the second victim came to her house to sell her something. She said she did not kill this woman, the one of the strong men or somebody else killed him, right? She said she had to go out and buy some medicine for her feet. And when she came back, death had passed. She said the third victim was a young girl who she lured with the promise of telling her fortune. She said she dealt the cards, you know, the little tarot cards, and she made a sign to one of the other people in the room. And soon after, death had passed. Death had passed. She said after the... We're going to start using that. We're going to use that in every episode. (laughs) She said... uh, after the throat cutting or smothering, we took off the jury and searched for valuables, which were divided. I had to look sharp and make sure I was not cheated out of my share. Um, still just very cold about it. Like, you know, I just had to make sure I got my money. It's, 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 she doesn't even say I killed, just death had passed. It's never anybody killed, you know. She was like, it, it was even, you know. The, she's very nonchalant. She says, they said that she tried to disassociate herself with some of the murders but they was not buying it and they said she kind of regretfully admitted like yeah even some of my own friends I Mm. let death pass (laughs) she didn't kill them right just death had passed y'all just out here murdering your friends yeah she was like I mean yeah yeah that was my girl but you know of course in the trial they talk about you know finding all the bodies Mm -hmm. and they just they were searching houses some houses they were the bodies were laid like foot to foot yeah. like like let some some houses like they were neatly and tightly packed in there mm-hmm. some they were just thrown in you could tell that there was and they were just finding these bodies by looking up the members of the gang like okay let's search your house let's search, to keep it so close to home though, mm-hmm. to just live on all those souls <laughs> you know like the souls of it now all that you put it there. that way it makes it even worse you know <laughs> Like ugh. that's a lot of energy in that house. That's why they gotta have a lot of incense. <laughs> Boy, so clearly they were found guilty. The sisters were, of course, both found guilty. On May sixteenth, nineteen twenty-one, they were sentenced to death by hanging. December twenty-first, they became the first women in modern Egyptian history to be put to death. December 21 is my toxic ex birthday. Oh, God. <laughs> she's got that. So, you know, it's funny, though, because they're like, <laughs> maybe she's got the spirit of the sisters, right? Maybe she does, because it's like a, a folklore in Egypt now. Like, you better be a good girl. You better not do anything you're not supposed to. Or, or Ray and Sakina. come get you. Or, you know what happens to bad little girls? Ray and Sakina get them. Careful who you talk to. Or bad girls end up like Ray and Sakina. And what you gonna do? Mm. I found it interesting how they, a lot of these articles described Raya and Sakina. And it was crazy. Like, Raya really, I thought, <laughs> it, I could believe that Raya was the one that cracked. It just seems like she was, Sakina was very the head of the household 
very headstrong. She probably was the one keeping the books. But Raya was older, right? Yes, but that doesn't always mean. Yeah. You know, that doesn't always mean that. But like. Maybe even, she just had the mind for it. Even. Right. Even when Araya was arrested first, like Araya all attempted suicide in jail before they even arrested Sakina and before they even found all the bodies. Like she she probably couldn't hack it as as much. But I find it interesting in some of these articles that we were reading, like um like this one is from um the Auckland Star, which is an Australian um newspaper and how they describe them is really wild to me. It says, the police have arrested two principals, a slim, small woman, attractive in appearance, named Sakina, and the chief cutthroat, a little blackish man, a villainous aspect called Rhea. And I saw it suggested in a couple of um, sources and in a couple of podcasts that one of the reasons that they moved to Alexandria, of course, because of the money, but there was a lot of colorism in Egypt at the time of course because at this time they're under British rule so the Brits are spreading their influence and making everybody think that white is right when <laughs> um <laughs> and it also made me think of this is I'm, I'm going on a tangent y'all but it also made me think of you know how the Cleopatra movie's going coming out everybody's really upset because they were like oh she's lighter skin and i was like well you know she is egyptian she's middle eastern but there's also black people everywhere so there's that argument that can't be made well i mean you know people you know what i'm saying people were really upset about it because and that was one of the reasons we were trying to decide if we were going to do this episode because we were like are they sisters but it's like they're middle are they sisters as in are they black right related (laughs) yeah yeah they're definitely related but like are they sisters like that was one of the big things when we were trying to decide if we were going to do this episode but we ran it over with our facts analysis, Yana. And, um. <laughs> right. Yana said there's only three races, white, black, and Asian. And, and so they are, Egypt is technically considered the Middle East. Right. And so they are Arab, but you can be Arabic and black. Right. And there's all shades of black. black. <laughs> right. And at the time, under that rule, there was a lot of colorism. It just so happens that maybe, you know, Rhea got the dominant gene and Sakina got the recessive gene, you know, cause families are all different colors. Yeah. Um, a lot of the reincarnation, not reincarnation, the reenactments. <laughs> so in the play and all that, they both make them kind of fair skinned uh-huh. in the reenactments. Of, but there also even was a line in the play was like, uh, and it was talking to Sakina. It was like, uh, I'm so happy that you're not a, uh, darker skinned woman uh i love my woman fair and olive and it's like wow colorism is everywhere because of european influence and you guys fucking suck ass everywhere and we're all struggling the same way um so apparently raya and sakina also were popular names in egypt at the time but most people don't name their kids that because you know raya and sakina gonna come and get you yeah, they was like, they completely wanted to disassociate with the name. Like, why would I name my daughter Rhea? It's like, why would I name her Sakina? Why would you name your kid Ted? Bundy. Theodore. Like, why would you, why would you name, you know, why would, um, why would I name my child Charles? But that's still a popular name. Y'all like crazy. Um, they're like basic classic white names. And the classic white names are the crazy ones. Y'all need to get a little bit more creative. Y'all be talking about niggas. <laughs> um but 
another thing that I thought of is you pose a good question of why did weren't they looking for these women? What women were going missing at a rapid rate. And the government at the time was doing absolutely nothing, nothing about it until finally bodies popped up. And I can only think that's because y'all are sexist. (laughs) And even like I said, the play is not written, put in a lot of facts, but what it is is I can tell a lot about the culture and what they believe is satire. And, um, at the time of it being written, which it was written in what, 1921 did a little bit of research. And like, that was just coming of the establishment of what Egyptian theater is. So this was early stages going into these Renaissance once they find independence from British rule. And I don't even know that sexist is the whole problem. I think it's sexist. I think it's classes. I think it's a lack of money. And resources, yeah. you know what I mean? Because, I mean, even you think about it today in America, if somebody that is considered high risk, maybe they live a fast life, they're a prostitute, you're not looking for these women. You know, and I, th- I think that was, you know, they were saying when prostitutes go missing, who's really searching? And if that's, that's just a lot part of, cases, of the life, right? Um, yeah. And in a lot of cases, if they don't have a family that's looking for them or a family that's assuming that they're gone... Or even trying to get it taken seriously, like you know, if you're a prostitution, if you're a prostitute, you know, more than likely you live like a life on the street. You know what I'm saying? So you go to the police and you're like, "Hey, this woman's missing. <sighs> street rats do that. You know what I mean? Right. So who really? You tell us. They was like, we ain't got nothing to go off of for that. It's not enough. Maybe they didn't want to do the jobs. Maybe they didn't have the resources to do the job. Maybe they didn't find it of importance. You know, and no evidence. Because the girl, the women's home was visited like six, ten, fifteen times. Like when women were going missing, people were like, "Oh, it might be Ray and Sakina." They would go to the homes and question them, but Ray and Sakina always were able to talk their way out of it. And I, I think it was just this idea that women can't, women can't do this. No one's here. You think that these these two little women are the are the source of your women disappearing? Absolutely not. Women too fragile, incapable. Mm-hmm. And I, but I did notice that all the articles are like, it's just they didn't suspect the women. They were like, no way it's the women. But you know what I find interesting, right? Nobody suspected the women, but the story does not go down as the strong men part of this story. You know what I'm saying? It's Ray and Sakina did this, but it was really the four of them doing it. Uh, it no one gives... <sighs> You don't suspect the women because they, they're women, they're fragile. How could they do this? But when they do, it's, oh, my goodness, monster, vicious, bloody monster. Like this how is could why, a woman do that? This a is man, why, maybe, boys, this but... is why I tell you, don't trust anything that bleeds for seven days and don't die. Did it's somebody like, tell you that in middle school? No. This guy was like, my mama told, my daddy told me not to trust anything that bleeds for seven days and don't die. I said, <laughs> It's a woman. <laughs> um. So it's it's. What was and, I trying to say? I had. A I mean, once again, that's why we do this podcast because y'all just <laughs> be scared y'all of me. Think, y'all think we something to play with, huh? Um, be scared of me. All right, I think we're done here. Um. Alrighty, y'all. It is time for. I ain't do it, but if I did, this is how I get away with it. Um. I don't know. I feel like we might be in agreement on this one, friend don't have dead bodies under the floorboard that is definitely number one of what she needs 
my god do you see me on there okay that is definitely number one of what she needs to fix because why are you living on these bodies it's not good for your spirit it's not good for your freedom it's not good for nothing um oh and forgot this fact you know they had to sell the jewelry to get money Mm -hmm. the jeweler only got like four years he knew what was happening I'm I'm a good fan of not my business. I I don't know what these ladies do to bring me this jewelry. I just know my job. My I, job is to buy gold and sell it. <laughs> and that's what the fuck I did. But yeah, uh, don't have dead bodies on, under your floorboards. Don't have suspicious incense coming from your chimney. Um, they're smooth talkers. We love that for you. That's all I got. I think they also um. They really ran through these bodies. Like it was quick. Uh, I had somebody mentioned most serial killers. Like they collect these bodies over time. These people have been doing these for ten years. They hit these same rates in like two. Well, I mean, like if you take an Ed Kemper, sometimes once you get that rush, you can't stop. And think about like you guys. I've never watched you before, but Tazzy's watching the current season right now, and I'm just meeting all of these characters. I'm going to go back and watch it. But like that couple, they're like. It's that rush that gives you that we've done it with violence. And for some people, they love it. It's enjoyable. And I think the fast, what we always say, fast money. Like, it's not, it never works out in the end. Very rarely do you get away with it. Um... Yeah, parole or no parole sentenced to death they got the sent- same year <laughs> they got sentenced to death the same year yeah um you know but there's also the the question or the you know like kind of almost did they ever have a chance like no there's no reports that their mom was out there killing people or whatever yes but were they they were raised without love they don't know how to love do they lack that empathy that mm-hmm. puts them in this type of situation not saying that it's right but like it's probably they ever never st- given a hug for real you know for what real. I mean? so did they ever stand a chance to be out here doing the right thing they yeah. was kids stealing shit you know we just taking it up a notch yeah and i think with a lot of people it always poses the question is evil born or bred and then of course you can get deeper into the question is man human naturally born with sin and if that's the case how do you live a good life and or how you how are you taught to live a good life you know and I think that I don't know I think that babies you have to be taught how to be a nice person because we're born on in survival mode Mm -hmm. cry I need the bottle you have a toy give it to me you have food give it to me you have shelter make sure I have it clean my diaper and that's just being a baby so you have to be taught empathy you have to be taught how to say thank you and what do you say yes what do you say oh my my niece i saw my niece this weekend and she's so big and she's speaking so well i haven't seen her in a couple years and she's yes mamming me and i looked at her crazy (laughs) and i was like thank you <laughs> and then I almost put some was, respect on it. <laughs> and then I almost was, you know how Odos be like, "Oh, you don't have to say, ma'am." I was like, I looked at her crazy, and I looked at uh, Lena. Lena was like, and she will say, and you will not say anything otherwise. But you're taught that, yeah. and I think that they weren't taught that, and they never. So did they ever even have a chance from from the beginning? 
um, learning how to fend for themselves and really like they were in constant constant survival mode. And that shit is hard. Like constant survival mode, you don't get to rest. You don't get to rest when you're worried about where your next meal is coming from. You don't get to rest when you're worried about where you're gonna put your head at night. You don't get to you don't have the time to think about somebody else because you gotta make sure that you got fucking shoes on your feet, you know? Um especially when you're not taught that. Um yeah, let's get out of here. This week's episode is brought to you by Natural Radiant Light. Y'all, the weather is changing, and if you're anything like me, no matter how hard I try, my skin just never seems to do what what I want it to do. It never acts right. That's why I am so excited about Natural Radiant Life. They use all nature-based products to breathe life into your skin. Y'all, this is a call to take care of yourself, to really Take care of yourself. You can set your profile up to automatically have your favorite products shipped directly to you without you even thinking about it, which is great for me because I always wait to the very last minute and then I'm out of product. Or you can search your extensive inventory to find exactly what your skin needs. They have clay. They have clay cleansing bars, toners, moisturizers, treatments, anything that you need. And there is something that will fulfill whatever your skin needs are. So support these three founders of this company, Rhonda Daniels, Lakeisha Gage, Woodard, and Sherry D. Fields. These three friends found a way to achieve their goals and leave everyone in their path feeling radiant. Use discount code SWK15 to get 15% off of your order. Visit naturalradiantlife.com to check out what they've got. And of course, all of their information will be in the description box below. Get your skin right, girl, and enjoy the show. If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say, that today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need, your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free. Free money. Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. Streaming October 6th on Paramount+. Plus. First place I learned about death was a pet cemetery. Dead things buried in that land. But come back. There's something else. Something's wrong with Timmy. He needs time to adjust. That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him. Sometimes dead is better. Pet Cemetery, Bloodline, Rated R, streaming only on Paramount Plus. All right, so this one is not from this review is not from the podcast review page on Apple. This one's from our DMs. This one from Pearly. <laughs> Pearly is an amazing musical. If you guys have never seen it, it says, "I know I'm supposed to do a review, but y'all, y'all, this." Everything is amazing. I need to give y'all, y'all flowers while it's in my heart. And I'm listening, LOL. The authenticity, the raw, intellectual aura. I have goosebumps. Y'all are vibes and I love it. Absolutely love it. I'm here for it. Raw, what type of pizza you like? Tazzy, what you like to eat? What you sisters like to eat? Chocolate? (laughs) Candy? And I know y'all busy, but cousin, I, me, Curly needs merch. Sap. Who I gotta talk to? 
Hope y'all have a great week. Keep stepping on them with a whole bunch of rose emojis. I read it like there was, it was a lot of punctuation in there and it, it was perfect punctuation for the emphasis she was trying to give across. Yeah. Thank you, Charles. You know, I like all types of pizza. Tazzy likes sweets. I do. I like pastries, um, cinnamon rolls and brownies and cakes and cookies and shit. We, we, uh, <laughs> last week, y'all heard Tazzy smacking during the podcast. Listen, Chris She said, was not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> Chris said, people who didn't know wouldn't been able to hear it. But my sister called me talking about, what was you eating? I said, you could hear it. I was trying to get it out of my teeth and I was eating sweets. Mm-hmm. I was eating magic cookie bar. So, I mean, if you want to, uh. Give to the food fund or the coffee fund or the pizza fund or the drink fund or the weed fund. It is money signs sisters who kill. <laughs> A bitch need gas money. <laughs> this one is from Twinks. It says, y'all sound so young. No, it says, y'all sound young. I mean, no offense. I am old. <laughs> <laughs> you guys sound wise beyond your years. Good podcast. <laughs> Do we sound young? Are we young? So. I feel like I have the same voice I had in high school. I definitely think that my voice I have, ain't dropped yet. Especially like the like podcast voice. I think I get. I think my register goes up. <laughs> um, the louder, but I, speak, I think the higher it gets. Are we for sure? Are we young though? I feel like we're getting old, but I don't show it. Sure, Nobody sure, sure. Feels it, but my face, no, my voice shows it. But we're knocking on thirty. <laughs> That's what they keep telling me. You'll get there before me. <laughs> Only slightly, friend. <laughs> You'll be right there behind me. She said, but behind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Um, thanks for listening to another pe- another week of this shit. Um, if you want to keep up with us, you can email us at sisters who kill podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at sisters who kill pod. You can follow us on TikTok, sisters who kill podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, sisters who kill. You can join the discussion group, maybe, if you answer all the questions and agree to all the rules. Anything else, friend? I'm ready to go. Talk to us. We talk back. Bye. Bye.